name is Ryan Pugh. This week for the Sales Book Club podcast, what we're going to be doing is kind of diving into really the why behind why we're, why we even created the podcast, why we got into sales, you know, just our general philosophy on life. We thought it would make sense if, if you guys are listening out there that maybe you want to actually get to know us. I'll answer the obvious question right now. My wife did not hit me. I uh, unfortunately <laughs> just have like a little thing with my eye. So uh, I'll be Quasimodo, the, the host for today. But um, <laughs> I'll turn it over to uh, my my crew real quick. I guess should we probably get started with introductions and then maybe talk about the why behind how we got started in sales? Is that a good place to start? Absolutely. It's a great place to start. Okay. Um, should I start just because I'm still talking? <laughs> or should I pass it to somebody else? I don't know. Go ahead. I want to hear your story, Ryan. Yeah, so uh, my background, so I, I was, uh, I've done a few things. So I started out actually in college, I, I dropped out of college, I um, went into the Marine Corps for a number of years and enjoyed that. But when I finished that, I decided to go back to college. And at that point, my initial interest was economics. So I'd spent some time over in Iraq. And I remember looking at the country and I, I kept thinking, you know, obviously there's a war torn country going on here, but there's there's ways for people to improve their lives and to to like just have a better outcome. And I kind of wanted to understand that, uh, like that foundational knowledge. And so I studied economics in my and a lot of uh, uh, econ undergrads, at least at the University of Georgia, where I was, they typically go into finance. And so that was really where I thought that I was going to be going as well. Um, when I started interviewing for jobs out of college, I was looking at investment banking jobs and things. They paid great, no complaints. But I started realizing I really didn't have a passion for that type of work. And I was kind of drifting. I didn't really know what I should be doing. My very final semester of college, I had to take a marketing elective. And I took this class called professional salesmanship. I had no idea what it was. And up until that point, my only experience with sales was I was a Cub Scout and I used to sell Christmas trees every year in a Christmas tree lot. And so I, that was my only experience, but I did enjoy it. But my idea on sales at that time was it's kind of like a slimy atmosphere. You know, there's not a lot people are just there to make money. I didn't really understand the ins and outs of it. But this professor, he did such a great job of explaining that sales isn't about how to maximize your your return on investment per se, but it's about solving big problems, being at the forefront for a company with guiding their revenues, uh, revenue growth, uh, working with customers and just trying to figure out what it is that they need and being a trusted advisor. And I really thought as I was going through the class, it just opened my eyes to a bunch of different possibilities. And so from there, I started interviewing purely for sales roles. My very first job out of college was uh, I worked for PepsiCo. I was with the Frito-Lay division on their sales side. It was a lot more operations focused than pure sales, but it was a good way to get my foot in the door. And then from I did that for a few years and I went from you know selling potato chips and then I pivoted into tech. And I've been in tech now for about eight years in a, a variety of individual uh, roles really enjoy it. My why still for waking up, of course, is I really do like helping people. I like kind of uncovering new problems and 
figuring out uh, solutions to it. And I do like the money. I mean, I'm not going to lie, but uh, it's not my own like primary motivation anymore. I, there's a lot more to it than, than just that. So I'll probably pass it off uh, to Matt. You're next in my yeah. list. Yeah, that's a, Ron, that was a great story, man. So uh, thank you for sharing that. And yeah. And thank you for your service too. I often forget that you're a Marine. I oh yeah. Be, I shouldn't be surprised because you're like yeah. a badass anyway. So. <laughs> so um, hey, it's still paying for college, so I'm not complaining. <laughs> absolutely, man. Take all you can for sure. Um, so, Hey, my name is Matt and uh, I am by far the senior member age of this group. I think I'm 20 years older than everybody else in this. But the most in shape. What about that? But um, <clears throat> so, yeah, my story is a, lo- a little different. Um, the first 20 years of my professional career, I was I worked for churches. I was in the ministry. I was a youth pastor, small groups pastor, churches all over the southeast and out west. And I really devoted my life to serving people. What I did every day. Gosh, 16 years ago, things fell apart. We were living in Denver and uh, and of pretty poor leadership decisions with some folks that I was on staff with. We found ourselves uh, at a place where we had to make some changes. And one of those changes that that I made was um, that I decided through some guidance and help from friends and a lot of prayer that... I was going to spend the next season of my life raising my kids. And says at that time, my kids were six, eight, and 10. And uh, so just started looking at other career options. I had a really good friend and mentor approach me and said, Hey, if you're looking to do something else, you should consider sales because you're so relational. And really what sales is, is serving people. Kind of like what uh, you said, Ron, my perception of salespeople up to that point, stereotypical, used car salesman that we all don't like and we all have worked really hard to not become. Um, so he began to explain to me what that meant um, and what it, what it specifically meant in his industry. In his industry was, uh, he was in the freight brokerage business, uh, moving truckload freight all over the country. And he explained a situation to me where I could kind of create my own destiny as far as pay goes. And that had never been something that I was able to do in ministry. And so I went to work for him the first day and got there and he started training me. And I said, hang on just a second. What are you, what are you planning on paying me? So well, what can you sell? And I, I learned real quickly what commission only meant. And um, so I started working that day. Then I, I, then I got to have some cash. So I went to Red Lobster and started waiting tables. And this was 16 years ago. So I was late 30s at that time, now 53. So yeah, late 30s. Um, did that for about a year or two and then uh, thought I'd do something a little different And because uh, I, I moved back to the southeast and had a hard time competing here with other companies uh, doing what I was doing. So I went to work selling pest control for a large national pest control company. Again, I didn't know any different. That's just what I was, thought I, I, I could do and had to do and uh, wasn't how I was. It wasn't my my education was everything ministry and everything related to serving people. <clears throat> and so I learned. I sold pest control for a year and learned more about sales in that year because I was forced to go door to door and make uh, 
hours worth of cold calls every night to sell a free termite inspection. But actually, I did really well. And um, then after a year of that, I got back into the freight business. Uh, spent years, about 10 years, working for a, an asset-based company. And great success. And now I'm with a, a full-service freight brokerage company, kind of serving as the operations manager slash business development kind of running the show. So it's um, kind of like what you said, Ron, is the money is not why I do what I do, although I do love my paychecks and mm-hmm. I do appreciate those, but the opportunity to serve people. And what I, what I say is I like to get up every day and create wins for myself, people that I serve. It's a great approach. The why behind it is I'm 53 years old. Um, I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a legacy for my family and for the people that I serve. So that's this career, the career in sales, I think gives me an opportunity to do that more so than anything else I could be doing. So story, sticking to it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Zach, share with yeah. us your story, man. Yeah. So um, baby daddy. Yeah, yeah, new, newly, uh, or well, soon to be, yeah, we're about halfway home. So, um, yeah, so me, I, I started, I found out that, uh, I really like sales. There was a fundraiser at uh, high school. Uh, we had these discount cards that, that we would sell. Hey, Zach, I, it's still showing Matt for some reason. That's, that's my fault. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so so we we had these discount cards that we would sell at high school, being on the football team. And um, the, the guy came in, he gave this real nice speech about, "Hey, go sell these!" And there were all these prizes you could win um, if you sold them. And, and me being very money driven at, at that age, uh, even now uh, to a certain degree, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, um, I was like, "Oh man, I'm going to be number one! Like, how do I be number one? You get all this stuff. You're going to get recognized for all this stuff." And, and the goal was to sell 10 of them. I went out and sold 72 of them, by far blew away everybody else. Ooh. And I, mean, I, I blew my own mind. And I was like, holy cow, I really sold 72 of these when we started counting them all up. Um, and then that, that was my junior year. And then my senior year, you know, everyone was like, oh, are you going to sell that many again this year? I went out and sold 102 the next year. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they gave you a dollar for every one that you sold. If you were the top seller, you got uh, $50. And then for every... I think it was like 20 or something, or maybe 10. You still, you got a chance to grab out of this money bag where they put $100 bill, 150 a 20 and then the rest were like fives. Um, and my senior year, I mean, I walked away with like $200 from doing that. And I was like, hey, this is pretty fun. Um, and then, you know, I graduated uh, high school. Uh, wasn't really sure about going to college or not. I was ready to just go out in the real world and make some money. Um, but didn't really necessarily, I, I did decent school, you know, Three five ish GPA in, in uh, high school, but I wasn't really sure. I wanted oh, you're to bragging. To you're bragging. <laughs> no, not, not at all, man. No, I just, uh, I it just it came fairly natural. I was very lucky that I didn't really have to study too hard. Um, so I really considered whether going to college or not, and ultimately I, I ended up going, um, and I was going to go be a teacher. And you know, I just it, it's funny how you look back on how things change. Um, it was probably about two weeks before I got to school uh, to, to go to college. And I was like, you know what? The lifestyle I want to live and, and the 
the I'll say income that teachers make they, at least for the first part of the years I uh, just didn't line up really and I said you know what I'm gonna go into business I'm just gonna major in business uh, business management and a minor in marketing and, and we'll see where that takes me I had no idea what I wanted to do after college um, and then so after, after college I took a job with Enterprise Rent-A-Car they had a really strong management training program at least it seemed like uh, and then when I got there, uh, it actually was. I mean, it was a great time. I was there for about four years. Really wanted to get into more of an outside sales role uh, and then a position with a company um, selling injection molding. Uh, it became available and I applied for it, got it. Had a great mentor, learned a lot from him. Um, he was definitely had the heart of a teacher, the phrase I like to use. Um, and then a uh, position with a solar racking company uh, a step up as a sales manager for a, a division of the company um, became available and I applied and, and got it. And, and so that's where I currently am now. Um, but it, it's interesting though, because both of you guys talked about your why. And in a previous podcast, we, we had read that book, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. I've really been thinking about that a lot lately. You know, and, and on the last podcast, it was really hard for me to articulate and put into words. But lately, I found that um, you know my why is it's very similar to your guys. Is I believe in helping people in everything that I do, and it's funny to look back on that. You know, as as we were preparing for this podcast, and I was like, man, you know, I wanted to be a teacher. Which I mean, obviously, we all know about teachers that, especially if they're dealing with you know, like younger kids and stuff like that, they just mm-hmm. have a heart of gold. They're there to help. They're really shape and influence. Um, you know, those young minds that they that they teach. And, and think about, you know, some of the best teachers that you've had, how caring they were and, and just, you know, really, truly cared about your individual success. Uh, so it was really kind of interesting to, to, you know, think big picture, think about all that stuff um, and think, wow, you wanted to be a teacher. And now you kind of are, you know, you're helping potential customers, uh, you know, by, you know, as Anthony would say, approaching from the right and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it, it's just been really fun to, to see the outcomes of what happens when you are able to help people uh, and truly mean it. Not not like we've all said, you know, the I hate to use the used car salesman because I have a concerned brother that does that. Uh, and he's about the exact opposite of that. <laughs> stand up dude. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been a wild ride. It's been fun. Um, and, you know, it, like we all said, the, the income potential is great. I, I love that aspect of a, of a, I'll say control your own income to a certain degree, but at the end of the day, you know, as long as you help people, you're, you can get what you want too. So, what about you, Daniel? Yeah, you guys, uh, you guys need a coffee break or anything before I get started? Because uh, I might take a while. <laughs> Good thing we got some water here. Yeah. So, <clears throat> my uh, my sales journey started oh, a long time ago. Uh, I would say probably around age twelve. Um, I was, I grew up very poor. I was looking for something to get some extra cash so I can get, get some spending money. I don't know. It could have been anything. Go buy a new pair of shoes. I think I was, you know, I was in middle school and, um, yeah, we didn't have money to go buy a bunch of nice things. I'm like, all right, well, what can I do to, to, to get money? And I started looking around and obviously at 12 years old, there's not many legal jobs or whatever that you can do. You find some, odd, <clears throat> some odd jobs here and there. And, I had stumbled across uh, the ability to sell news Sunday newspapers, um, get 50 cents a newspaper. Hey, that was my commission off of it. <laughs> nice. And um, 
I, first couple of weeks, I didn't have a very good territory. I somehow, like, I think it was like the third or fourth week of it, I somehow lucked into this sweet spot of this territory. And I had this corner of this subdivision. It was about 20 minutes from my house by car 20 minutes. So I had to get a ride every, every Sunday over here, but I would sit there on Sunday morning from, from six thirty until noon and sell newspapers. And let me tell you, I, that got me hooked on, on in, within sales just from, from the get go. So, you know, not only like, there's not much to it, you know, standing out there, but you know, between the tips and, you know, each newspaper paper that was sold, you know, I'd walk away every week with, you know, 60 50 to 70 bucks and at 12 years old that's that's a pretty sizable chunk of money um and so i did it every week every sunday for three years with i think i had two sundays i had to go out of town um i did that every every single week 6 30 to noon and you know that got instilled a good amount of discipline which i think is obviously important in sales but um that kind of set me up, and then eventually I got old enough, and my uh, I worked at a gas station uh, that my my buddy's family owned, and had a little bit more um, flexibility, we'll say, in some of the hours. But you know, I did that, and I enjoyed it, and and I realized uh, several years later after graduating high school, I, I realized I'm, I'm definitely an ec- extrovert. Like I get energy being around other people. Now I definitely need my uh, you know my introspective time, but I. It gets, like I said, my energy comes from other people. And so I realized this uh, after I started uh, started college. I started out as a political science major, realized that was not the right track for me. So not too different from you, Ryan, as um, I was in my sophomore year and I was like, okay, I'm, I want to know, like, why do people make decisions? And essentially it kind of led me to marketing. And I was very, very fortunate. And I still, he's still a good mentor uh, to this day as I took – marketing 300 with Mike Whitman and he was also at that time starting up a sales program uh, within uh, our our university and so he said hey you might want to consider doing this sure enough so I, I ended up you know following through with you know getting the bachelor's in, in, in marketing and also completing the sales certificate which you know was several different sales spe- sales specific classes um, and, and again, I just, I've always really loved sales. Now, kind of fast forward, graduation comes, student loans are due. And, you know, what's the kind of math, kind of like what you said, what's the quickest job you can get? Commission only jobs, but that doesn't necessarily pay um, student loan bills. And so I've kind of ventured, uh, I've stumbled into the oil field. Hey, pays good money. You know, all you got to do is work hard. Did that for a few years, but that itch, that, that sales itch was still just needed to be scratched mm-hmm. um and so as the oil prices and everything kind of crashed 2015 into 2016 uh you know i found my way back into a sales role and then from there it just kind of has grown through uh, several different roles uh since then but you know the kind of the long story of it is i i think i've always been around sales there's i don't remember much of it but <laughs> Back to Boy Scouts again, being a eight eight year old kid, we had to sell candy bars as a fundraiser. I think I outsold everybody just 
pure because I'm, I'm not doesn't I'm not afraid to go talk to, to, to people. You know, that's that's that first step. And, and it kind of just goes back to of, of who you are as a person. Like I said I'm, I'm I've realized and my wife will attest to it. I'm an extrovert. God, I had uh, dinner with a friend last night. And uh, it was getting late, and we're like, hey, the kid needs to go get a bath and get home. And she literally had to, like, yank me. It was like, I know you want to keep talking, but and you guys will talk for hours, but it's time to go. Uh, and so that's kind of the, my, my story and, uh, of how my sales career kind of got started. I love it. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned I, – I, I've been accused of lingering before that too long. <laughs> so I've had to work on uh, cut, calling it a night if, uh, if we're there for too long. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that happens. <laughs> what about, like, what What do you guys look for for, like, inspiration or motivation? Because sales is a grind too, right? Not every day is great. You're dealing with rejection or you're just dealing with challenges, right? Every day is a little different. Um, what's your guys' go-to for staying motivated or, or focused it's i'll say kind of like what for me is similar to what zach said it's like that i i classify it a little bit differently but it's that impact right mm -hmm. it's you know the sales is a process i mean it, once you understand the inputs and the outputs of the process and how you need to move things forward then at that point most it's mostly discipline yeah. but really what what the motivating factor while money is also always great at the end of the day, it's like I'm, I'm helping, you know, my my clients have an impact on their business in, in some capacity. And as long as I, um, I get fulfillment from knowing that I had a positive impact, whether call it whatever that is with with them. But that's what gets me up and moving every morning, not the not the day to day grind of it. It's what's the result that I'm bringing you mean to them. putting together call lists and, and dialing. That's not what <laughs> wakes you up in the morning. Yeah. Right. And, Not, right. As, as Jeb Blunt says, right. The uh, pro, uh, sales is uh, massive amounts of suck, followed by, yeah. "Hey, this was great," <laughs> and then massive amounts of suck, but great rewards. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's actually the same exact experience in the Marine Corps, so I, I never changed. <laughs> <laughs> embrace the embrace the suck. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Matt? What are two things, or what are some things that motivate you? Up, oh, you're muted, Matt, or something. Yeah, it might be his mic. <laughs> Nothing yet. Hey, I, I'll, I'll go while he figures it out. How about that? So, so yeah. Ryan, you you had asked, you know, what motivates us? And I think for me, it comes down to two things. Um, you know, Daniel, you had mentioned um, to have a, have a positive impact on your your clients. I, I remember a couple of stories. You know, I helped one one client one time. They desperately needed some some help. Um, or else they weren't going to have any product to sell. And, and we worked together, and it, it was a challenge, but we got all of our team together, and, and to know that, hey, they didn't run out of a product to sell because we both worked long hours, thought creatively. I mean, just, just the joy of knowing, like, okay, yeah, you made a sale, but you really helped the company out, man. And it was just it, it was a lot of fun time. Um, but, too, I, I like the results. I mean, I, mean, I really do. My, my big thing is, you know, I can't wait to be debt free because that freedom that that gives you, uh, it, you know, I always tell people money's not everything. It just gives you options. You know, I, I'm a big believer of, uh, you know, money just makes you more of what you are. So if you're a giver, you, you're going to be a giver whether you got a ton of money or none. And if you're greedy and, it, um, and, and I feel like having money, some people 
that gives a bad connotation at times. Um, but, you know, I think the flip side of that, you know, if, if you're, you know, I think a lot of uh, Christian believers that, you know, they tithe. I mean, shoot, if you, if you made 250000 a year, you just wrote a check for twenty five grand to, to a church or to a non-for-profit or, you know, whatever you wanted to do to help people out. And it just, the, the options that you get when you're able to do that, they, they're just vastly different than, than when you got to always, you know, send that check to the bank, so to speak. So those are two things for me. How about you, Matt? You, you hooked up yet? Hear me now? There yeah. we go. Perfect. Okay. And, you know, along the same lines, of course, like I said in my, creating wins for people. What I love about sales is the freedom that it creates. Um, you know, I, I think worst, I, somebody, what would be the worst situation would be in a, in a job where I have to do, a, do the same thing every day, mm-hmm. moving widgets from one place to another, or sitting in a cubicle and looking at a screen and just at a, you know, for those of us who are sales professionals who are good at sales, we really do have freedom. I mean, look at all of us. We're all working from probably Zach. Are you at home today? Are you in the office? No, nah, I'm in the office today, but but there's a few days. But you understand it. Yeah, yeah. So we, right. but we have the freedom to, to build our schedules. Now we work hard. You don't get to have a start. Work with the right partners and people. Freedom to, to be and to do and to Fill my calendar like I want to fill it, not like telling me I have to fill it. Um, that, that for me is, is one of the biggest. You faded. What about, what about you, Ron? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's frustrating. Did you pass it to me? Yes. Yeah, what about you, Ryan? Okay. Um, you know, something that keeps me motivated, I, I'm curious by nature. Uh, and so as a result, like I'm constantly reading. I start every morning. I have a couple different news blogs that I read, like innovations in technology. <laughs> we do need a $400 mic. <laughs> um, we're giving Matt a hard time. He has a nice mic, but it doesn't work. And it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> and that's why we sell outcomes, folks, not features. And- <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is point proven right there. That is, that's our tagline for this episode. Listen to, what is it, about the 30-minute segment, people. Yeah. This is why you sell outcomes. <laughs> um, but, again, kind of going back to uh, what keeps me motivated I really like to win. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't call me hyper competitive, but I'm never unwilling to compete, if that makes sense. I'm always <laughs> up for it. Um, and also, the there's so much complexities and changes. You know, I'm in technology, and there's constant innovation in this space. To be honest, like five years ago, the, the, the technology stack that I was working on is vastly different than, than the technology stack that I'm working on today. And I had to keep up with that, and it keeps me interested. I've mentioned it on other podcasts. I probably am have some kind of undiagnosed ADHD disorder, you know. So I I get really bored really quickly with a nine to five. I love that freedom and flexibility, you know. Uh, Matt and I happen to live in the same town, and we'll see each other for coffee sometimes, or uh, you know, if I want to take a lunch with my wife, I just leave my office and I go for lunch. Like nobody's watching over my back. And as long as the results are, are achieved, that's what uh, people are looking at. Right. And so, but from a ph- philosophical standpoint, you know, uh, I really, tr- 
I believe that action breeds success. And so I just feel like if you're putting one foot in front of the other, I mentioned on other podcasts, I read a lot of stoic philosophy. The main reason I read it is because it's just a lot of practical stuff. It's actually very similar. Like if you read uh, Proverbs or anything from the Bible, you know, there's a lot of just practical, hey, don't cover your neighbor's wife. That'll probably solve a lot of problems, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, there's so much wisdom go. today. Why are we even review books, guys? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. But um don't sleep around. It went you win. Right. Right. And and one thing that the Stoics talk about is that you can learn from others, even if they've lived thousands of years ago, because you read their writings, right? And and what is it somebody said before wisdom is um, learning from somebody else's experiences and not from your own. And so that's, that's really kind of what keeps guiding me. So that's a long winded answer, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. It kind of reminded me something, another kind of the, the, the other side of like the impact for me that, that kind of drives me is Matt and Ryan, you both sort of touched on it, but that creativity aspect of it. So like just responding to, you know, RFPs and winning those is that does not even if I even if we have a better solution than somebody else that's not necessarily what um, what gets me excited it's it's okay I, I see that you've got a problem or, yeah. or do they come hey how are we going to get past this I, I don't know I'm like all right well let's start you know scratching up some ideas on the whiteboard and start ruling stuff out I, I literally had a a conversation of, we were, uh, a couple of months ago with uh, a client and we were talking about how do we get this job done faster. And uh, part of the issue is, is crane and logistics of just trying to move a bunch of heavy stuff. And like we were, he, he joked around was like, hey, well, why don't we just use helicopters? I guess, uh, I guess who knows how, how much you can lift with a helicopter now? <laughs> 40,000 pounds. So... Go. You know, but those are those kind of like it, those those interesting like rabbit holes that you go down. You're like, all right, does this does this make sense? You know, okay, no, but that creativity of going and exploring those ideas, you know, oh, okay, that's what you know, uh, that's what gets me excited is hey, just doing things different. I think I think it's a great point, Danny. You know, finding out um, you know solutions. And, you know, I, I think of a time when, you know, you really want to live out your why, so to speak. Uh, you know, find a time when you know a solution, even though it's not yours, that's still best for your customer. You mm -hmm. know, a perfect example, I think of a time when I'm selling injection molding and I was just like, guys, th this is not the best fit for you. Like, you, you need to go do this uh, a roto molding application. And here's why, X, Y, and Z. And, and just all because it comes back to that why of, hey, why we got in sales, right? We're here to help people. Um, mm -hmm. And so, no, that's a, that's a great point, you know? And, and you learn too, right? Like you said, now now I know, just as Ryan said, wisdom's learning from other people. I had no idea you could lift 40,000 pounds with a helicopter. I, I mean, you. and before I got into this, I'm, I'm sure Matt, as you know, what is it, like 80,000 on a truck and trailer full load? Try. Yeah, so I had no idea. That was wow. pretty good. Well, I didn't know before I got into solar because I had to, you know, when they sell, hey, hey, what's a truckload quantity? Well, about 40,000 pounds because the truck weighs about that as well. Job, Zach. See? All right, see what now they learn. Now Daniel knows. <laughs> he probably already knew. <laughs> Man, tons of wisdom. 
Hey, what about challenges, man? What are some of the, what's your kryptonite? What's your biggest challenge that frustrates you? What's that dark hole that sucks you in? Like, uh, can you give an example? Just, just a clarify. So in the career of sales, we've talked about the good stuff. Yeah. What we, what we like. I mean, what is it that just, it's your, it challenges you. Just that thing that. I frustrates you. Frustrates you. Thank you. Well, I think we, I think to some degree, my guess, if I had to guess for all of us, is the, the internal sale. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's Accounting. a real thing, right? Is that, is that the black hole? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, Self-talk it's true. is true, man. It, it, is, it really is. And, and, and I say that from the aspect of, I feel like all four of us are, are go-getters and, and, you know, we, if something needs done, we get it done. And so not only do you have delays in communication sometimes, um, but you've got to go sell the company on why this is a great idea that we should do this project for X, Y, and Z reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm sure have you guys experienced something like that? Oh yeah, that's 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 falls in line with like what frustrates me is it's okay. I I, I feel like I have a, a good understanding of my you know uh, niche market. I know where the op- like there's multiple opportunities over here. What gets me frustrated? What makes me frustrated is not being able to pivot and and capital not just capitalize on it but like be that you know that solution it's this this is a better idea you know trying to get to that point rather than oh no this is the the status quo this is the way things are going you know or we're not set up to do that that is just the most demotivating thing for me in the world that like a a, a solution exists but we can't get to it it's like it's like seeing you know uh, uh i don't know a treasure chest but it's on the next island and you can't swim. And you're like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Get that helicopter out. You got to get that helicopter. <laughs> I've definitely yeah. had similar experiences. Uh, you know, I'm at Microsoft now. It's a huge company. And what I'm learning quickly is, like, for example, my I, I manage major strategic accounts. There's roughly 50 people touching that account from Microsoft. Now, most of them are technical. But there's three of us that are core on the sales side. And there's times there's not great communication and we're kind of uh, almost contradicting one another. Not by any like fault of our own. It's just we're still trying to figure out that we call it one Microsoft strategy. So there is that internal challenge to sales. I would say externally, though, uh, a challenge that I've ran into in the past that just, I don't know if I'd call it kryptonite, but it's definitely one that's, that um, is tough to overcome sometimes is, trying to expand to other stakeholders when you are selling complex solutions. Um, you know, you've identified one or two people that they're your go-to guys, but just trying to map out that organization externally, especially in this remote only environment that we're in right now, that can be tough. And so that's what I've found. I like that kind of work, but I've found that it can be tough to, to build that out sometimes. Unless you guys have some rock solid solution there. So. Uh, that's always a challenge. I think everybody faces that as, you know, especially if, like as, as we mentioned, that's lens of a salesperson, you know, of what a salesperson is. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people, no matter how authentic and, and truthful you, you can be even with your, your best clients, there's, there's still that reservation on even like your best coach, uh, you know, client coach there, they have that reservation of, of, you know, putting you in front of other people, uh, yeah. that happens frequently. And that's, I think every salesperson always has, that's always a, a battle, 
um, even with the master networkers and 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 all of those kind of uh, well uh, well versed people. That's just and it's it's been more complicated by in recent years because you know this number of stakeholders just seems like it grows and grows and grows every year. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess nobody's really figured out the fast and easy way to do that other than to just slowly take time and, and, you know, be methodical about, okay, what's, what's important for this individual stakeholder. You can identify them, but getting to them, like I said, a lot of the challenge. Yeah, I agree. I So I, I think I've mentioned before, I'm in grad school and we had this uh, class on leadership and we were doing this Harvard Business Review on how organizations solve complex problems. And one of them being back in the day, a CEO, he might have or he or she might have all the knowledge in the company and they can make quick decisions. Nowadays, everything goes to committee, as we all know. But part of the reason is because everybody's environment is so complex that no one person could really really know the answer and at the same time one person may screw up right so they have to go to a committee and i think it's just the nature of our work now we just have to figure out how to navigate that type of environment yeah no i think it's very, very well said fellas that puts a lot of pressure on salespeople to like you have to understand the the niches of each per each stakeholder in their department and what it impacts that that you know, you, you know your service or product ends up, you know, impacting them. And that's, that's, I can be challenging. It's like, I've, it's how many times I've had to go learn more on not necessarily it, but you know, some, you know, unique finance mm-hmm. type issue that I'm like, I never would have had to know about this. And yeah, you let finance handle it. I'm like, yeah, but uh, you know, I need to at least have a, that discussion point with the finance person on the other side that right. can communicate and communicate it to them. Because, you know, a lot of times, if you, even if you try to leverage some of your internal uh, your internal folks in those roles, it's like, okay, I'll put engineer with engineer and they'll they'll talk to one another. Eh, sometimes that can go, you know, <laughs> yeah. awry, oh. you know. So I think we've all had those engineers who will talk people out of buying. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so it's like, okay, I need, I need to have enough confidence in a certain whatever department um, to demonstrate, you know, where, whether it's minimizing the risk or demonstrating the value. And that can be hard if, if you don't have a full depth of understanding is how they view uh, a subject. Yeah. It's even a greater challenge when you sell across multiple verticals. Yes. Vertical right. Yes. So kind of transitioning a little bit, fellas. What uh, I'm curious to see what's uh, what, what's your guys's greatest sale you think that you've ever done, um, whether it be, you know, just whatever you would coin greatest. So not, I, I can go first if you guys need a second. Yeah, let's let's hear yours. I, I would want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I think back to my time at Enterprise Rent a Car. Um, you you you've got qualifications that you have to follow. Um, for people to qualify to rent a car uh, because you, you want to make sure, you know, you're renting to what we would always say is the, is the right people from the aspect of you're going to get this asset back. I mean, you're giving them upwards of 20,000 to, you know, $80,000 vehicle uh, with the, the good word that they'll bring it back to you when they say they'll bring it back uh, and, or continue to pay for it while they have it. 
Um, so we had this, I had this uh, lady come in one time and she, you could tell she was a little, um, I don't want to say shook up, but she was just like uneasy. And, you know, you, you could just tell something was going on. And so she comes in and she's like, hey, I need to rent a car. I don't really know how long I need it. I think it's going to be like three or four days. And I'm like, okay, well, here's what you need to rent. Um, she's going to use the debit card. So you just need a little bit more information. Um, she didn't have any of that uh, information. And then she was getting a little frustrated. And then she just started crying. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, what's going on? Uh, and then she explained to me, she's like, oh, I need to get to this funeral. Like, it was unexpected mm-hmm. and, and all of this stuff. And I was just like, man, I, I felt so bad for her because obviously she's in a bad situation. She's got to get to this funeral. Being she's, she's not qualifying, at least right now, to rent a car. Um, so we, we worked with her. Uh, we found some stuff. We ended up, we actually picked her up, too. You know, the Enterprise will pick you up. So we drove her back to the house. She found some stuff. She came back. Um, and just for the sake of time, she ended up qualifying to rent the car. And once she qualified, then the price was like astronomical because she needed a minivan to fit enough people. And I'm like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even close. Like minivans yeah. could be, you know, $95 a day. A compact car could be 25 And so it, it like wasn't even close to what she could afford. And so yeah, I was like, you know what? Like being the branch manager, you, you get the uh, option uh, that, you know, as the stepbrothers quote, they give you the tools to be your own boss. So, <laughs> you know, so I just adjusted it for it. And I was like, you can have the like, tools to be your own boss. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so I just adjusted the rate for to, to what we both thought was fair and manageable. Um, and, and I just remember her like literally crying in the office and like giving me a hug. And I was just like, dang, dude, like I really helped them get to a funeral. Like it was, it, I, I mean, it's, yeah, it, it was just it was just so nice to be able to help somebody uh, when they, I mean they I mean they were so distraught like yeah I have to go I can't um, but yeah it was just it, it, that's probably my favorite story to tell How about you guys Matt that's a great question and a great story I uh, I've got several I had one just happened two weeks ago Ron I saw Ron in a coffee shop and had a meeting mm-hmm. with. Oh yeah, yeah. A customer, and that became a six-figure net close. Honestly. Oh, and you mentioned that I referred her to you. Remember? <laughs> I, I bought your, yeah. your call. <laughs> uh, several years ago, I was in the, working a concession stand at one of my son's ball games. Started talking to a guy in there. We struck up a conversation. He, what do you do? What do you do? Hey, maybe you can help me. We met for lunch about three days later. Started doing a little bit of business with him. First year, we did about 25000 worth of business. When I left that company, we were doing $5 million worth of business that I met in a concession stand. That's crazy. Wow. That's yeah. awesome, man. You never know where you're going to meet your, your hottest, best prospect. <laughs> you got to meet your prospects where they are, right? That's what, right. Is that? what is that, 20 full? Am I doing that math right? Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot. That's what it is. <laughs> Um, I say first, by the way, Zach, I love that you brought this heartwarming story about a older woman who needed to get to a funeral and you somehow incorporate stepbrothers into it. You knew he was going to tell that story when he asked a question. That's why he asked a question. That's that's control. You know, that's another thing my last mentor told me about the interviewing process. You know, ask questions to get them to to, to say what you (laughs) want. It worked. So it's just a good story to get to know us guys. Come on. Yeah. It's an awesome story. Um, I would say 
yeah, I've had some good wins, right, where I've made some great money or whatnot. But I think one of the wins that I look at in my own career was a, it happened back in 2020. I'm just trying to – this pandemic's thrown off my total, like, scheme of calendars. But um, so I – in my previous company, I was at a smaller startup. We were owned by one guy, but we were, we were cash flow positive and everything. But we were seeking – uh, private equity because he wanted to exit, which I don't blame him. He wanted to make his money and get out. And then we wanted to start ramping up investment into the company and going from there. So we were, we were shopping ourselves as a company. But one of the things that we were pointing at was our track record of sales. And I had a customer of mine. They were, they're a large engineering firm. I think second or third largest actually in the globe. They were spending roughly $50,000 a year with us, which is fairly small amount. Um, and I started building this relationship with a guy. My my first champion, he happened to be a, a, I'm a Georgia grad. He happened to be a Georgia grad. We actually met for lunch and stuff one time. And we just kind of connected on a personal level. I, you know, he's the kind of guy that I could tell I just want to be friends with. But he started really giving me insight into what was going on in the company in terms of strategic initiatives and uh, where the what direction they were going, and I was able to map to those with his help, and we we ended up bringing that company from fifty thousand dollars spend a year to like one point two million uh, in a single deal, and so actually it's funny, Matt. I did that deal at uh, the what's the coffee shop? Oh my gosh, refuse. Not, not refuse the other one. Starbucks. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm a blank. There's only like three in our town. Here in so, town? Yeah. Like coffee uh, loft. Coffee no, it starts with a P. Right next to uh, the provision. Provision. <laughs> like anybody on this call cares. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I was in a coffee shop because my Wi-Fi had went out at the house. And I, and all of a sudden, we're talking like $1.2 million deal. And I like had to keep my mouth like kind of straight because I'm in public. But we, we got the deal done. And what was awesome about it, though, was we increased the valuation for the company by like another $20 million based off of that one deal um, because of the multiplier effect. And, uh, you know, I obviously make great money, but uh, it was just nice because I felt like my efforts, we had roughly 70 people employed in the company at the time. My efforts helped give them bonus checks or commissions or whatever the case may be. And I just felt like it felt nice to be involved in something that I, I could tell could benefit somebody, but also it was good with the company. You know, that company was a great partner. I learned a ton from them. So that, that's really what I, uh, I guess my biggest deal on the date is. Now I just need to hire. That's good. great. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've got, there's two really great stories. One of is just the, the largest deal I've closed by a, a significant margin, but that's not the one that um, I would say I'm most proud of. Um, the one I'm most proud of started so so simply. Um, so in, in our business, uh, we have to use like a fluorescent powder to find leaks in a system, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so uh, I had a list of, of accounts that we were just hadn't had any traction in, right? We didn't have really any contacts, but you know, I, hey, I've, I've got a list of names and I ended up sending them a zip, Ziploc powder of this powder or a Ziploc of this powder, right? Just as a, a, a random snail mail, just trying to see what happens. So I sent t 24 of those little uh, uh, small packages out. And I got one, one hit back on it. 
And then that one, they came back and said, hey, we, we are having some issues uh, on this particular system. You know, and they sent me a couple photos and I was like, I need to come down there and take a look at it. And they're like, okay. So I go down, I look at it and I figure, you know, it took a little bit of work, but I, I found that it was in the big scheme of things of a giant plant. It's a really minute issue um, or, or minimal issue. You can't, can't see it very well, but just through a lot of, we'll just say technical knowledge and understanding it, I, I picked it up and said, no, this is having a significant impact on your operations. So anyway, that, that kind of kept growing in that partnership is, is explain that to the rest of their team and, and you know, say, okay, this is what you're going to do, but make these changes you make are going to increase your, your reliability. Uh, as that kind of kept, the, those conversations kept going, they kept coming back, well, what about this? Well, what about this? And so it kind of kept growing. Um, and to the, to, you know, that was in 2019, uh, Jan or sorry, February or so of 2019. And, and now it's, I mean, it's gone from a little Ziploc bag of, uh, this fluorescent powder you put a black light on to uh, 2 million bucks a year, uh, wow. in, in, you know, in revenue. And so, you know, but most the the best part about that is like the, the trust and the partnership that it's been developed across the, the team at that, uh, of that place. Like, uh, that's been that's the most rewarding part. So, uh, it's I, I was on vacation with my wife uh, this summer. We were going not too far from from this facility, and hey, one of my the good contacts. We went and had dinner with his, you know, his girlfriend and, and my the, my wife, the four of us, and just you know had a blast. You know, just hanging out and connecting. Just even off off of work, with just good people. And uh, now that one that. that that's just an account. It just keeps growing, and, and a lot the trust keeps growing too. It's it's been really rewarding seeing that grow from nothing. Uh, that's a great story, man. That that's awesome. Like you said, all from just mailing out a small bag. Yeah, I've never heard of this powder. <laughs> <laughs> where do I get some? I, mean, I, I don't know where. You know, no, no, no. You you don't like, want it. It 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 gets everywhere and never gets off. It reminds me, I took this girl to prom but you in high school, it. and she had a glitter dress. I never got that glitter out of my car. And no. I didn't even really get any benefit from the date, so there was really no upside. Yeah, I, I <laughs> cut it there. <laughs> the Wholesome Family Podcast. Man. <laughs> hey, this uh, has been fun, guys. It's been good. It has. It's been a blast, as always. Yeah. Although no, no, no book has been covered, it's still been good just to hear everybody's stories and everything. And <laughs> Oh, that one keeps sneaking up, huh? Yeah, we do need to review that one. But. All right, guys. Well, it's been real. You guys enjoy the And hey, what's our next book, by the way? It's uh, um, Hey, do you want to stop recording for a minute? Or do we want to pitch our next yeah, book? Yeah, so, so the next book, real quick, it's uh, Major Account Sales Strategies. Um, I think it's by Neil Reckham, if I'm saying Reckham. that right. Oh, yeah. Now, so, stay tuned I don't know. I haven't read this. I've read Spin Selling, I don't know, three, four times. Same author. I guess the expectation is that it's going to be just as good. I guess I've heard good see. things. This was referred to me years ago by somebody. Um, it's really when you're dealing with those more complex uh, solution cells. You know, awesome. it is 
It's an older book. Uh, I think Zach mentioned that it's older than he is. It is. It is 1989 it came out. I was like, oh, this is funny. <laughs> yeah, but uh, there's still a lot there to it. I mean, sometimes a lot of this stuff, we can overcomplicate things, I think, with new terms and stuff. But some of it is just foundational, you know, how to map out a sales organ or how to map out an organization and identify stakeholders. That that kind of thing doesn't really change. So, Awesome. So that'll be our Good next one, guys. Awesome. See you next time. See ya.